This is Financing the Future, a UNEP FI podcast with the changemakers that are serving people and planet. I'm your host, Elliot Harris. For the last 30 years, the UN Environment Programme's Finance Initiative, UNEP-FI, has been catalyzing action across the financial system to align economies with sustainable development. As the world tries to address sustainability challenges, many organizations are realizing that being successful is more than just making good net profits. They're embracing ESG, environmental, social and governance concerns, and sometimes they're even competing on who is more sustainable. So in this episode of our podcast series, we take a look at how sustainability can become a core value of an organization. The senior leadership team needs to really lead on this front, right? Demonstrate the decision-making, the trade-off discussions that align to values. It's, it's a really important leadership element when you're trying to embed it through an organizational culture. We're joined by Christine Bergeron, the President and Chief Executive Officer of Van City, Canada's largest community credit union. Christine also chairs the board of NBC Investment Corporation and serves on the boards of Aviso Wealth and the Board of Governors of the British Columbia Business Council. She's a member of the Government of Canada's Sustainable Finance Action Council. Prior to Van City, she spent her career working in early stage venture capital, public markets, and broadly with entrepreneurs financing innovative companies and building financial firms, all focused within the clean tech, sustainability and impact investing sectors. Christine has always believed that banking plays a vital role in developing a healthy society. Christine, welcome. Thanks for having me. We'll start off a little differently today. We're going to put you on the spot, Christine, to answer a few questions in 30 seconds or less and set the stage for today's conversation. If you're ready. Here we go. What three words come into your mind when I say sustainability? I would say uh, responsibility, uh, the future, so future and uh, action. Sustainability, the way we think about it, is it changing? I would say I, I would say yes, there's been a shift. I think we've gone from it being a nice thing to do to a must do. If you had your way and you could sort of make a wish and have it granted, what would you wish that leaders in the finance industry would best understand about enhancing sustainability in the finance industry? My wish would be that um, people be bold, you know, and that they be bold for future generations. And I say that because, you know, banks and credit unions really do have a crucial role to play in determining the future of our economy and steering capital towards a more sustainable future. Do you have any idols, sustainability idols, bold folk? I'm not sure, I, I'm not sure I have idols. No, I think that I um, would instead say that, it, you know, you sort of look for those who continue to try to push for system change because we need everyone at the table. But I don't have a specific idol. If it were up to you and you were writing your autobiography, what would you call it? <laughs> well, I wouldn't write. I'm not sure I would have an autobiography about me. Um, I think, you know, to me, the work is for future generations, right? And and so it's not about myself, it's not about my work, it's about what we do as a community and organization. So I'm not sure I would write one. Okay, that's, that's a good answer. 
Okay, thanks for that. Uh, those quick fire answers. Um, let, let's try to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, a couple of the questions talked about leaders in the financial industry, and um, I think many uh, industry firms, many organizations within the finance industry are making steps going forward towards sustainability. But how do you think leaders are best placed to make sustainability a central aspect of their organization, to the core value of their organization? What, what, what has been your personal experience in that? Mm-hmm. I think when I, I think about our work, I think there's a few things of really making sure, you know, as a leader, are you clear on your vision? And are you really clear on the purpose, you know, of the organization as an organization? What is your purpose? Um, and certainly a core value of an organization means it's embedded in how people act, how people make decisions, you know, how they respond to trade-offs. Uh, otherwise, you know, we've, we've all seen organizations that have their values written and printed. But to your point of how does that really get embedded, it needs to be in those those actions. And so my experience is that you really need to understand your own levers um, as an organization. So what are the key levers you have as a business in your industry, given your size and resources and the like? And once you're clear on what levers you want to lean into, then you need to be clear in your communication about this, embed it into your business plan, and most importantly, follow up with action. So you need to link the value of sustainability with action or, you know, walk the talk, as they say, because otherwise it will be viewed uh, likely, rightly so, as just words, and it's not going to become a true core value. And so for Van City, you know, every business decision, operational decision, hiring decisions, procurement, we we try our best always to bring an impact lens along the profit lens. Um, and I would maybe just also add that my personal experience has been that the senior leadership team needs to really lead on this front, right? Demonstrate the decision-making, the trade-off discussions that align to values. It's it's a really important leadership element when you're trying to embed it through an organizational culture. That makes an awful lot of sense. Um, but as you said, you, you stress that you've got to link it to action. You've got to walk the talk because otherwise you're not credible. But that, of course, means that the people in the organization, they have to understand where this core value is, where it comes from, and what it means and how they have to act differently. So I'm taking it to mean that the leadership has to sort of also make sure that the understanding is widespread and well anchored in the organization. But let's turn that around. Um, Having done that, as you say, the leadership has to lead. Should the leadership be held accountable to the employees for meeting the sustainability goals of the organization? Do you see that as necessary? And if so, how can employees hold their leaders accountable for sustainability objectives? I do. I do think that employees should. Um, I think if you're if you've got a culture that's that's open, you know, that willingness to dissent. And I would say ultimately, as an organization, as leadership team, if you're transparent in the disclosure of your work and both share your progress and also share you know, your learnings, the times it didn't go well, then you're much more likely to be held to account in a positive way, right? And so we do, you know, we've done this in several ways, you know, try to think of experiences you can share. You know, we measure and disclose what we call triple bottom line assets and assets under administration. So we are transparent with the public about our progress and also all the way through our organization. And so that framework, you know, it does have definitions and guidelines, there's calculation methodologies, 
And we've been evolving it for more than a decade now. And so it does enable us to track and communicate the assets that we have that are viewed as affordable, you know, green buildings, impact organizations, and how we serve those who are underserved. And within our organization, team members are the ones out in community, of course, you know, finding the loans and lending money. And they see that as well. They hold us to account. Does this, is this loan really fit this framework or not? And being able to have those dialogues, we've got various committees internally that talk through some of those gray areas and really doing our best to, you know, always have a reason for why we've decided something. Maybe not everyone agrees, but they certainly understand the approach. And I think that's how you can really create more accountability. Um, and even last year, I mean, we did have, uh, you know, the highest percentage of revenue that's considered sustainable um, within, uh, you know, a study that was done by Corporate Nights. And again, you know, that's out there. So our employees will say to me, you know, how are we ensuring we continue this? And they'll ask that broadly across the organization. So I think the more transparent you can be uh, as a culture, that will build accountability. It does take time, of course. So I wouldn't, I don't want to, you know, minimize the work. And then, you know, the last thing I would say from an employee perspective is employees have a very strong voice. Organizations are, you know, especially today, they're always working to be able to recruit and retain top talent. So if your talent isn't supportive of how you're doing the work and if they don't feel you are accountable, I would totally expect them over time to leave and to go to an organization where they feel that they are contributing and that, you know, the leadership is being held to account. Now, I take that and I think you you're quite right to stress the fact that the transparency facilitates the accountability course and that there is a, a, a real upside in that transparency and being upfront about what your objectives are in terms of recruiting and retaining the right talent. But, of course, in an organization, there's not just the leadership and the employees, there's also the governance bodies. And I have had conversations with others in the financial industry who've said that, yes, it has been a bit of a an effort to get the the strategy redefined in terms of sustainability, but that that was actually relatively easier in talking to the employees than it was in talking to the governance body, to the board. That the board tends to take a big sort of high level view of things. They don't see the, the detail of the operations to the same extent, and they tend to focus much more on sort of the larger outcomes. And for some, it is a little difficult to incorporate sustainability concerns. Have you run into any of that kind of of difficulty in your years? Uh, so I've, I've run into it less, uh, partially, I think, because of how we are structured here uh, as a credit union and our members, you know, elect our governing body. But I do, I would say I, I appreciate the comment. I, you know, it certainly depends um, from a, also whether the shareholders are supportive, right, in terms of how that links mm-hmm. in to governance. I mean, I would say these days, uh, you know, separate from perhaps a decade ago, I would be more and more surprised if there isn't some sort of support at the governance level, even if it's purely from a risk mitigation lens, right? It's a pretty top issue everywhere. And so the, you know, my experience is to move from a risk and defensive lens, you know, to really being part of the solution and making an impact from that sustainability perspective that does need to be brought forward, I think, as a value creation narrative, you know, to a governing body as part of your strategy. Um, and then ultimately, 
you need to, I mean, this is where governing bodies should be looking at the longer term lens. That is their accountability. Um, on a short term basis, some might think it isn't top priority, right? We're all seeing economic conditions, you know, the, the uncertainty out there. But with a long term lens, again, my experience is you can look beyond that noise and focus on what's needed for future success. And the data will show you that you should be thinking about sustainability broadly. Um, and then I would say specifically as well, you know, if you can explain, if you're the management team leadership team and you can explain those key levers that I talked about before in terms of your business, you know, you can start with small steps and then really think of business for the long term. I do think that becomes pretty compelling uh, strategically for a governing body to understand the outcomes. Uh, and certainly if you're in a leadership role and you're being challenged, I would absolutely suggest to go and seek out like minded CEOs and really collaborate on sustainability initiatives and certainly within industries as well, because, again, you've got the risk mitigation sort of minimum component. And then there's how do you how do you become part of that solution? And I do think you can bring that forward in a value creation, you know, summary and narrative for a governing body. That is a really interesting perspective, seeking out like-minded CEOs, a community of practice, if you will. Um, now, I can imagine that the experience that CEOs have depends very much on what their particular organization is, what their focus is, and also on, on sort of what their markets look like. Um, how, what, what kind of advice would you give to other CEOs as they are trying to shift towards a greater sustainability lens, if they're trying to bring in that longer term perspective and they're struggling against perhaps a somewhat reluctant board or having difficulty convincing their, their employees of how this works in the interest of the organization. What, what, what kind of support could you as a fellow CEO give in that mm -hmm. case? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's going to sound repetitive. I would come back again to, you know, Firstly, you've got your organization and everyone is different right around what their ability is to affect change as part of their strategy. You know, some have much more influence on, for example, the supply chain. That's sort of a much bigger impact on their business. Whereas, you know, as a financial institution, it's what you lend to. Right. So it's what you're financing uh, and, and what those emissions would be. So really understanding which one can you pull and and how do you then start with small steps? And that's how I think you pull in employees and you you have them participate and innovate with you. You know, you can think about, you know, again, if you if you go to um, the financial world, there's innovation in products um, that certainly um, you can do more of. Right. Like if you think about um, retrofit loans, resources and financing around products that enable people to reduce emissions from their homes, from commercial buildings, you know, an employee base has a ton of knowledge and innovation that they can bring forward. And certainly it's hard work um, and it can be challenging to set the targets, to keep accountable. But also, I mean, what's the alternative, right? If you see that long term lens, uh, that can be difficult. So I would say engage with the employees on those innovations and start with some of those small steps uh, demonstrate that you can do, you know, a little bit at a time. Sometimes you need to be bold. Like that is my general view. But I understand that to be bold, you also need to be able to be credible and show the steps you're taking to get there. Right. Um, and then once you know some of those areas that really have the, the 
biggest significance in terms of the impact on sustainability, then you can lean in, right? Again, energy consumption, you know, renewable energy sources, minimizing waste. There's a lot that can be done that you can communicate. And, and when you get the organization on side and the employees on side, again, I think that gives you additional leverage to explain that value creation to your governing body, you know, kind of coming back to some of your initial question. Thanks. A couple of times you, you've spoken in your previous um, responses about targets, you know, sort of as a way, I guess, of measuring not only your impact, but how fast or how well you're progressing towards, you know, bringing this into your core values. Um, but there's been a lot of debate in the financial industry around metrics, around standards, and we don't really have yet a single standard, a single way of measuring this. And consequently, I suppose, um, there's always a question of, well, how ambitious are your targets? Are they ambitious enough? And I wonder how, how do you handle that? I mean, how do you, how do you decide how far you can go within any given period and mm. whether your progress towards the ultimate objective is satisfactory or ambitious enough or could be improved? How do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. It's a good question. Uh, certainly, you know, our experience and my experience is that we we certainly try to to push the envelope. And part of that is with an understanding that if you don't you know, push, you certainly aren't going to get there. Right. Um, and we're very aware of the constraints that can be placed. We can't actually achieve all of our goals on our own. We absolutely need partners. We need government. We need to collaborate. And so it is a difficult balance. But I would say our perspective is, you know, we look at the data, we understand the effects, you know, specifically that we're seeing with climate on our communities. And hence, we do need to push perhaps even harder than we want. But what we also say along the way, and this is what I would encourage others to do, is you know, one of our broad climate commitments is to also be transparent and to talk about what we're doing, what's not working, what is working, and to share that out. You know, although we're the largest credit union in Canada, we're small, right, in the grand scheme of finance, and we're very aware of that. So even if we achieve all of our goals, it doesn't necessarily mean that our community and our society is going to be better, right? We need everyone, you know, to lift that up. So for us, it's it's really around um, doing as much as we can, showing that it can be done so that others can also step in and say, OK, maybe we will put some goals out there um, and do our best to get there and show people along the way if we're having a problem. So we do disclose our emissions. We've put interim targets in place. And, and that is to make the point that. You know, I know I know what's out there. People will say, well, if you put a 2050 target, or even a 2040 target, you know, Christine, you're not going to be there at that point. Your executive team probably won't be there at that point. So how do you hold to account? And that's where we've come up with some interim targets, actions along the way um, to ensure that, you know, you're not just waiting till, I don't know, pick your year 2038 to start doing the work. You know, ultimately, it's that area below the curve that really matters, not just the endpoint. Well, that just opens the door to this uh, this next one. It's a little bit an uncomfortable kind of question, but it's it's a provocative one. At um, the UNFFI Global Roundtable in 2020, Mark Carney suggested that perhaps uh, executive compensation could, maybe even should, 
be linked to sustainability targets. So, again, it, it falls in line with what you've just exposed, that you can't wait until the end date to start doing something, that you have to have interim targets. What do you think about that question of linking executive as a means of incentivizing them, linking executive compensation or executive performance assessment, if you will, to the interim sustainability, sustainability targets, to how well the overall enterprise is doing with regard to sustainability? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think ultimately it's a sort of a yes and answer. You know, I, yes, mm-hmm. I think it should be linked. Now, part of the issue becomes, well, what are those sustainability targets? And and hence, like, are they the right ones? Are they properly embedded with your overall strategy? You know, are they uh, at odds with some of your other targets? So I think mm-hmm. it does need to be embedded as much as possible in all, in all decisions in the organization. Mm-hmm. So it needs to have the right weighting and not just be linked. And it needs to be done really thoughtfully and deliberately. Um, I think it also needs to be thought about in both the shorter term and longer term timelines. And so, you know, so many uh, executives, I mean, everyone's got different uh, compensation and structures to those incentive targets. And so I don't think it can be done in isolation, right? You can't simply have a sustainability target and then expect sustainability to become a core value through your organization necessarily, right? Mm. Um, right? But I do think you should I do think that is is an additional way to be held to account, but they need to be thoughtful. Otherwise, I mean, like all right, like any target. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. now, as you said something just in that last answer that, you know, you have to balance it off. You have other partners. No one organization can do it all on its own. You're going to need the support of others. And um, so let's let's look a little bit beyond the individual organization, beyond Van City, if you will. and this is a it's a fraught question, especially in our present context, where, especially in this country, you see a lot of pushback from certain quarters on the whole attempt to take consideration uh, sustainability considerations into account, to to operate according to ESG principles or to make sustainable investments, impact investments. How do you think leaders like yourself can engage on wider policy matters with regulators, with policymakers? so that you can advance industry-wide changes in the sustainability area. I mean, you know these things, these these are your daily bread, if you will, um, but perhaps the, the policymakers or the regulators may not have the same sort of familiarity with some of these issues and may be worried about trade-offs between financial returns and financial stability and the kinds of investments in the future that sustainability implies. What do you think you can do as a leader of the financial industry to sort of help policymakers, regulators understand what's at stake and mm-hmm. what they can do to drive the agenda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that we are uh, certainly certainly in Canada seeing a better understanding. Right. So to your to your point, uh, it is about ensuring there's data and analysis that uh, that individuals can really understand. And. You know, definitely, as I said, you know, businesses and individuals, I mean, we, we can't solve for climate uh, and the climate crisis on our own. We can't solve for inequity even broadly, right? We do need all the players around the table and every level of government. 
So it's not simply, you know, regulators and it's, it's also, you know, municipal levels and for us, provincial levels and, and federal levels to be thinking about what's needed. You know, when we did our own analysis on our path to net zero, that path is dependent on government policy and changes that need to be in place over time. You know, we of course need to do our work. We need to innovate on new products, services and rethink it. And we also need government to step in. So I think part of the dialogue, it is part of the dialogue we do have, is not saying, hey, it's only your problem. It's it's all it's something we are all trying to address. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we think you can support that and have make it a dialogue. Right. Not, um, you know, simply a request for one thing or another. And then you do see different uh, players perhaps not agreeing. I think ultimately it's what's the framework that you can put in place that helps everyone. So I do think that you know, there does need to be some incentive, some investment, some legislative support for sectors that are transitioning to a low carbon economy um, and making sure that the right kinds of support are in place, again, for jobs that might be impacted, the effects of, of climate change or you know, from that or else even from a transition perspective. You know, and I think an example, maybe when you start to have more research that shows, so we, we did some research here in British Columbia over the last two years, over one third of people in British Columbia were affected by climate related events, you know, over a pretty short period of time, a third of our population. You know, we had wildfires, we had floods, we had heat domes. And when you start to understand that, I think regulators, policymakers start to then have that broader sense that, hmm, actually, <laughs> there is things are changing and there's going to be more risk in the future. And it's really about how do we help you know, those in these roles to understand that and come in and, and bring the solutions that we all need. So it is about dialogue, I think, um, as much as possible. Thanks for that. That that does make a, a lot of sense. And I, I, I particularly appreciate that you stress the dialogue aspect. It's not a question of just putting a, list, a wish list in front of them, but it's, it's engaging them and, and fostering a deeper understanding. But let me ask you, if if you were... Starting over, if you were if you were somewhere else, and you don't have the the ten plus years that you've had with with Van City behind you, would you go about this question of fostering an understanding of sustainability in a different way? Is there anything you would do differently if you were starting in a new position, for example? So I, I would say broad strokes, no, I wouldn't. Uh, and then, of course, you know, if you go into a new organization, a new a new industry, then I would probably t- take my own advice around understanding the levers of an organization. And what I think would be different is I think that I would come to that much more quickly. Right. And because, of course, you know, once you've done that, then you, you really understand, OK, what are those key levers? And I think when you think back, it, that certainly took a longer time in the past to to really think that through. But I do think at every stage, you know, on a personal level, I've definitely done the best I could do with the information and resources at the time, right, to to push for a better world in the way that I could. And I would say that's how I would approach it going forward as well. So that's those broad strokes. I wouldn't do it differently. But do I would I and hopefully uh, be quicker uh, to to think through that strategy? You know, I, I definitely hope so. Well, Christine, thank you very much for that. This brings us to the end of this episode of our podcast series. And again, 
Uh, Christine Bergeron, I'd like to thank you, the president of uh, and CEO of Vanzity. You've given us a lot of insights into the, the specific role that leadership has to play to to make sustainability one of the core values of, a, of an organization, to tie it into the basic strategy of the institution, of the organization, so that what you do is sustainable by its nature rather than as an add-on or an afterthought. Uh, and it was very impressive as well, the way you were able to to point out some of the pitfalls and the fact that partnerships are going to be necessary along the way and that you can draw on uh, fellow leaders uh, and you can also contribute to the journey that fellow leaders are making towards sustainability. And I do think that that is um, a very useful insight as well, because we tend to think of businesses being sort of rather competitive and sometimes a little bit cutthroat, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Uh, I, I wish you all the best uh, in your future endeavors, and I hope that together we can all advance the sustainability agenda and pick up the pace as well, as you pointed out. We don't have quite as much time as we might have wished. Thank you again. Did you enjoy this conversation? I did. Sustain- oh. I'm very glad to hear that. And, and I do hope that we can continue the conversation in different formats and perhaps in, in, in many different ways going forward. To our audience, please do try to stay in touch with us on our social media handles at UNEP underscore FI or try to find UNEP Environment Program Finance Initiative on LinkedIn. My name is Elliot Harris. Again, with my thanks to our guest, Christine Bergeron. Until next time, goodbye.